You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can do it at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. Just a reminder, as always, folks, if you are one of our audio-only listeners, please come check us out on YouTube. We would absolutely love, love, love to have you come hang out with us uh, for one of our live recordings. And if you're watching on YouTube, maybe you're in the car at some point, you want to go back and listen to one of those old episodes. Episodes. We are streaming just about everywhere. Boys, I am so excited to bring in the one, the only, Brendan Chagru. He is the assistant editor of Bears Wire. BS, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, I feel bad. I, I feel like I haven't done a lot of Bears stuff this week. I've only written like one article in the last week. It's been a slow week leading up to the draft. But, um, you know, hey, we're, we're live right now. We are live, unlike... Love is blind on Netflix, not <laughs> which Love is, is not which late. is delayed, which is absolutely delayed, which I think we, we can revel in the fact that the old guys don't watch it. But we do. My, my wife and I, we don't watch any reality TV, but somehow we got hooked onto that one big time. So now, folks, if you want to get Brendan Shagru on Twitter, you can hit him at Brendan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Um, Brendan, I feel like there was something else I was supposed to talk to you about. Maybe it's more Mandalorian talk, but I probably should bring in the other guys. Oh, can, we, at, can we do that? Let's just take over one episode. We, we want to talk just, Star Wars at some point. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I thought this is one of the best episodes, and especially the, the finish to it. All right. But uh, here is Patrick Sheldon. Now, folks, you can read him on DeWindy City as oh, part of the Fan Sided Network. You can find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. Shells, you look like you got a little uh, little sunburn action. Not, yeah. not here so much, but right here underneath the eyeballs. What's going on? Yeah, sorry, guys. I was dozing off there a little bit. I heard some, like, Star Wars talk or something. So um, it's been a long weekend. My son had a uh, uh, doubleheader yesterday and a doubleheader yesterday. Or, bleh, that's how tired I am. Doubleheader yesterday, doubleheader today for <laughs> baseball. So I was baking in the sun for, like, 14 hours over the last two days. So, um I'm a little sun drunk and burnt, as you can see. Uh, but we're here and ready to go and ready to talk some Bears football. Michelle, I do, do have a quick, I do have a quick question. Did you take your kids to see the Super Mario movie yet? They So they went with Grandma. I did not um, get a chance to go, but um, they went with Grandma and they loved it. So it's I heard it's it good. Fun. You should see it. Like, it's it's a fun movie. It's not, yeah, you know, it's I'm a looking movie. forward it's to fun. it coming out on Netflix because um, I they, they really liked it. My mom said it was pretty good, so. Folks, I'm also going to bring in Jack Wright. You can find Jack on Twitter at Bear Down Jack. Jack, it's wonderful to see you. You're looking like like svelte and like trimmed up. And what's going on with that? Yeah, the beard's gone. Well, it's spring. Spring has sprung. Well, kind of. We had the spring of deception yesterday. It was 80 and beautiful. And I believe we're in a winter storm warning like watch thing now. So. Yeah. I, well, that's I was, awesome. I was on Are a motorcycle. Really? It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's it's oh supposed to be God. really, really bad tomorrow. <laughs> um, folks, just while I'm thinking about it, I mean, I know Jack's going to say some really nice things about Sheridan's Barbershop, uh, but I just got someone I have to say thank you to, and that's Jeff Cadwallader. Uh, Jeff Cadwallader has been one of our sponsors from the show since the very, very beginning, and so we are just so very thankful for, for Jeff Cadwallader for sponsoring the show. Jeff, you're awesome. We love you, and we can't wait to hear about your new endeavor. Right. I've been meaning to ask you, what do you think about our guy, Will, at Sheridan's without the mullet? He rocked that mullet for a long time. I'm going to see him this week. Uh, So my my hair is starting to grow back a little bit from St. Baldrick's. So, yeah, I got to get trimmed up a little bit. Yeah, that's really nice of you to rub that into shells again. You're always like bringing that up. (laughs) Bald is beautiful, guys. My hair grows back. It's sweet. I don't don't know what else to say. (laughs) Well, if you have hair. Uh, you should go to Sheridan's Barbershop, which is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. 
They have been serving the community for 68 years. They have six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. And they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. So we're going to continue a tradition of Brennan bringing on phenomenal freaking guests. Uh, boys, we got to step up our game. Okay, so hold up just really quick. Jack, you have a guest next week that I'm really excited about. Yes. Shells, have you brought on any guests? I I bring this every week. Uh, <laughs> I mean, besides this, I, okay, I think, that you know that 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 works. Yeah, that, our 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 first guest, I think. Um, I think yeah, I think you were true. Sure. That's, that's true. That was, and that's a big. Off to get our start on the right foot, guys, and that's a big. How quickly guess, we forget? Too. I mean, I know yeah, it's been absolutely. almost a year, but. It literally, okay, I, I know we can't, I can't wait to get to Josh. I'm so excited to talk to Josh, but just really quick, folks. I mean, this is in my calendar. I'm sending them texts. They're like, yeah, Dangle, we got it. We got it. As of April 24th, it will be one year that the Bear Down Chicago podcast is around. It is, it's just, a, it's a crazy effort to, to put all this together, to start it off. And it just, we are, we're excited, man. Okay, I'm excited. They're moderately excited. I'm very excited. It's one year. Boys, it's exciting. Come on, right? Very exciting. It's cool. We'll All no right. longer be an infant. <laughs> <laughs> well, mentally, I'm still there. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. All right, we, we need to bring in our, our guest here so he doesn't have to hear us ramble on about just nonsense. Uh, he is... Uh, the Bears insider for NBC Sports Chicago. He is a co-host of the Under Center podcast. You can pretty much see him on any NBC Sports Chicago program or NBC Sports, really, on, on the main channel. He is Josh Schrock. Josh, thank you so much for being here. I'm so sorry that we're keeping you from the Love is Blind reunion. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I don't think you're keeping me from it. I think Netflix is keeping me from it. So is, <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is good. Yeah, this is not your I pretty much I was having to be on Twitter because my wife doesn't have one, and she's like, "What are they saying about it?" And I'm like, "Look, I got to do the podcast. You're on your own. Just keep <laughs> clicking it until something happens." Hey, I don't know. Hey, what to tell you. In all fairness to your wife, I did the same thing. I was clicking it, and I was like, "Man, is it just me?" And I just got on Twitter. I'm like, "It's not just me. I feel fine." Nope. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, Josh. So you've um you've been covering the Bears now. It's been like what a year. Yeah, it'll be a year uh, when rookie minicamp happens. So I, I showed up at rookie minicamp. Awesome. So yeah. uh, I I just want to know, like, what's uh what's it been like? Because you mm -hmm. you've had other stops before. I know you were uh, in the Bay Area. Yep. Um, I think you were on the East Coast as well. Awesome. So yep. I'm curious, what's uh what's it been like? You know, what has covering the Bears been like? I guess compared to your other stops. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. I think uh, for the most part, it's 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 a lot different just because. Almost every other team I've covered has been – I've been covering them when they've been really good. Uh, so it's a little different covering a team that's uh, that's, 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 uh, that's, re that's rebuilding. You know, we got to uh, we got to December, and I was kind of like, huh, okay. That's what this is like. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, though. I really enjoy uh, the passion the fans have. I think uh, Chicago and Boston are pretty similar in that, like, even if the team is not very good, man, people just – they care. They want to talk about it. They want to. They want to listen to what you have to say. They want to read it. Uh, so the passion's great. And it's, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to cover a team that I think there's just a ton of hope, right? It's, it's the ground floor of a rebuild with with an exciting young quarterback who has some steps to take. I think everyone can can admit that. But it's it's an exciting time. So it's not like you're coming in to cover a team where you're like, man, this is going to be bad for seven, eight years. Like there's no hope. So uh, it's been really exciting so far. Um, it's. Different dealing with the Bears than other teams, but that's just that's just how they are, you know, organizationally um, with the media. So, uh, but it's been a ton of fun so far. It's been an exciting year, um, and I'm excited for this season. Nice. Go I on. should have asked, um, mm -hmm. where yeah. are you from originally, and where kind of did maybe I don't know if they still do, but mm -hmm. where have your allegiances lied, you know, as a sports <laughs> fan? <laughs> yeah. Nah, so I grew up in Oregon. I'm from Oregon originally. Okay. Uh, Whereabouts? Uh, uh, Bend. So yeah, center. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I have family in Bend. Let's uh, go. Yeah. 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 Bend. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see sports leadership NFL none anymore. I think the job kind of takes it out of you growing up yeah. as a, as a young lad in Oregon where there are no teams, you kind of get to pick and choose. So in the early, late, uh, mid, mid, late nineties, it was John Elway and the Broncos. So we were a Broncos fan as most bandwagon children are. And uh, you know, then, 
Yeah, so it was Broncos for a while, and then, yeah, I started covering the Patriots in 2016. So after that, it was kind of like, all right, well, now I just – now I just want, that's a job, you know, I, you know, yeah. you guys get it eventually. You're like, okay, I just, the game needs to get over so I can do my job and we can, we can be done with it. <laughs> what, what do you think has been the biggest surprise so far in regards to covering the bears aside from them being <laughs> awful, but maybe that wasn't yeah. a surprise. I don't know. No, no, I don't, I don't think that was, that was a surprise. The, the biggest surprise I think and it probably wasn't a surprise last year, but I think going back and looking at it now, the biggest surprise is, man, that roster last year was just, it was so bad, right? It was so bad. I think we talk a lot about how much better they've gotten. They've gotten better, right? In free agency, they made, they made the rosters better, but you go back and look at some of the, of the lineups, you know, some of the, the nickel packages they trotted out, and you're like, man, they were, they were really not planning to win, which they should not have been, in fairness. And I think... In the moment, it was not surprising. I think I came on, and the first thing David Kaplan asked me was like, hey, how bad do you think they're going to be? And I was like, they're probably going to go 4-13. and 13. Um, And everyone was like, oh, man, who's this new guy? This guy sucks. Man, this guy hates the Bears. This is terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, and then you cover the team, and then I, I think a month removed from it, I started looking at the roster. When the you know the signings started trickling in, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're a lot better. And then I was like, man, they, they probably couldn't have got worse. So um, I, I think – Hats off to Ryan Poles in that aspect, right? He came in and was like, hey, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And he just shredded it down. So I think, like I said, covering coming from San Francisco where they were good for the entire time I was there, uh, it's just a lot different covering a team that, you know, at the end of the season, you're walking around trying to find stories and talk to guys. And it's just like, man, half the team, like all the, all the important guys who are going to be there are hurt, right? They're not even in the locker room. They're rehabbing. And you're just looking around like, man, these, some of these guys are going to stick around, but a lot of these guys are just here to kind of play out the string. So I think that's that's kind of something new uh, that I hadn't really dealt with in my career so far. So, Josh, you talked a little bit about uh, Ryan Poles doing the teardown. Yeah. How do you kind of feel? Where's your confidence level in the direction of this team moving forward? Ah, man, confidence level. It, it's interesting because this is the first – you know, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't here last offseason until rookie minicamp. So, and this is kind of everyone's first look at how he really wants to build things. And it's funny, we spent what, two, three, four months talking about salary cap space and Orlando Brown and Mike McGlinchey and Draymond Jones. And then they just went out and paid two linebackers and, and got a couple, few, you know, eight more veteran flyers. So it's, it's just interesting to see how he wants to build the roster and how much influence Matt Eberflus has. But I think he set the bears up really well for the future. And I mean, Justin obviously gives them leeway to do that. Um, having a guy who has so much potential and allowing you to trade the number one pick for what you did. Uh, the future is really bright. Now, a lot of that does depend on Justin and how he progresses as a passer this season, but even if he doesn't, right, let's say it doesn't go how everyone thinks it's going to go and the season ends and it's like, okay, well, he just, it's not going to happen for him they have the ammo to make it happen with another guy. So I think they're, they're set up for success one way or another. Now I'm just really interested to see how he handles the draft, right? I think everyone talks about the haul they got in the trade and they did. It was an impressive trade. I really liked it, but you still got to nail who you take at nine. And I'm just curious to see where they're going to go. Cause when you don't address tackle or the three technique or really edge rusher in free agency, you've left yourself with a lot of holes. But overall, I think the arrows pointing straight up, and with the the state of the NFC North currently, they're they're in a good spot going forward. So, Josh, let me ask you. I, th- I think one of the things that Bears fans have been arguing a lot about is Bears fans offense. argue. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's shocking, absolutely shocking. You know, it's nice. It's nice to know that no other fan base argues nearly as much as we do, though. So, so um, in terms of, and I think you kind of alluded to it, the mm-hmm. the fact that uh, you know. Not enough was done, offensive line, defensive line. Yep. What is a move that you would have liked to have seen maybe in free agency, something along those mm-hmm. lines? Yeah, well, I think one thing is, look, they did they did try to get Mike McGlinchey. They just weren't going to pay $90 million for Mike McGlinchey, which I think is fair. That's probably smart. Mike McGlinchey's, he's good. He's not great. He's a scheme fit, but he's not a $90 million scheme fit. So they get props there for not overextending themselves. The Orlando Brown Jr. thing, I understand the scheme fit. He's he's not what 
they typically want in tackles athletically to get out in the, in the zone blocking scheme. But I think with the deal he got from the Bengals, that's something I'm interested in the bears maybe doing because it's, you know, it's 30 some million up front for two years and then they can kind of get out of that if it doesn't work out. And I think when you're putting all your eggs in Justin next year, developing as a passer, I think it's just important to get better pass protection and maybe you sacrifice that run blocking with one or two years of Orlando Brown Jr., but you're so much better protecting Justin. That's something I would have been interested in them doing. Um, and the Draymond Jones thing, man, his agent did a hell of a job because we were, everyone sitting here like, oh, he's going to get 80, $90 million and he got 51 from the Seahawks. So uh, maybe the Bears saw him more as a 3-4 as a end and not that versatile three technique kick inside guy, but I think they just they just needed talent on the trenches in, in some in some manner. And I like Demarcus Walker, but he's really just an Alquadine Muhammad replacement who you can kick inside, right? Um and the Nate Jones, Nate Davis is a good guy, he's a good right guard, but then now you're moving Tevin Jenkins to left guard and you're kind of playing with fire there. Um so yeah, I think the Orlando Brown thing was probably the one move I would have liked to have seen them make, but Ryan Pulse has been pretty pretty blunt that he's gonna be very disciplined and it's clear that how they valued the free agent class is not how everyone else valued the free agent class, right? Everyone had their rankings and they clearly had Edmonds, Edwards, and McGlinchey in the top blue value bucket. And that was it. And they went two for three. So we'll see how it works out. It's their rebuild, right? Hey, Josh, you mentioned uh, Mm -hmm. them needing to nail the number nine pick. And I want to get to that in a second, but I want to apologize for not leading with your Twitter handle as a a (laughs) fan of puns. How did yeah. we not start off with his Twitter handle, which is at Schrock and Awe? So yeah, uh, I just wanted to say, as a, as a fellow <laughs> fan of puns, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, but going back to the draft, in, in your mm-hmm. latest mock draft, you had the Bears selecting Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, just curious your thoughts on what makes him a better fit maybe than a Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's better fit probably ceiling-wise, right? I think if you're looking at who they're going to be like Paris Johnson is probably going to be in my mind. He has pro bowl, all pro left tackle potential. I think I like Darnell Wright at that spot for two reasons. Not it's not that he's better than the other two in my mind. I just have gone back and really listened to what the bears have said about Braxton Jones and about the, the progress that he made. And when they talk about bringing in competition, I don't think they talk about, oh, we're going to bring in the number nine overall pick because that's not competition, right? You're bringing in the number nine overall pick. That guy's going to start and Braxton's going somewhere else. So I think they like what they saw from Braxton the second half of the season and they want to see how he develops with a whole offseason to get stronger, to figure out how to anchor better against the bull rush and see if he can really be a franchise left tackle. And I think if you take Darnell Wright, who has a ton of experience. He's got the most experience in the draft, and he's a really, really good right tackle. I mean, you're talking about a guy who dominated Will Anderson. He didn't give up any sacks, only 1.7% pressure rate. You just fill that right tackle spot, and then you give Braxton a whole season to see if he gets better. And if he doesn't get better, then you can talk to Darnell right about flipping to left, or you just have to go get a left tackle. But I think that's probably where they maybe want to go because I, I think that drafting a left tackle and then flipping Braxton to right – Maybe he can do it. Maybe he can't. Right. We've seen guys who can do it and we've seen guys who they flip and they're like, man, I have no idea how my feet move. I don't know where I'm going. And then you still have a hole. Right. So I think what they need to do is get blue chip talent and they need to for sure fill a hole. But if they take Paris Johnson Jr., I'm not going to knock it. That guy's at a tremendous talent. He'll I mean, you need a franchise left tackle. So but that's why I like Darnell Wright. Jack, you're muted. Jack, you're muted. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Jack. Old man get known by technology. For once, it's not me. I'm just happy it's not me. I'm trying not to hack into the microphone. I'm like fighting allergies. Like, I'll try about that one. Josh, mm. Jalen Carter. Yeah. Where are you at? Make If you're going to take him at nine, please make mm-hmm. a case for us. If you're not, tell us why. Where, where do you stand on this debate? Well, I mean, where do I personally stand? I personally think that where the bears are locker room wise and Ryan Poles kind of talked about this, the owners meeting with us, like they're so young and they're so impressionable and there's not really on the defense as a whole, you have Eddie Jackson who's a vocal leader, but in that D line room specifically, you don't really have a guy that everyone kind of rallies around that can get in guys faces and, and kind of take a guy like Jalen Carter under, under his wing and say, hey, this is how we do things. We talked to Mike Singletary about it. He said, you just need someone who's going to grab a face mask and say, Hey rookie, 
this is how we do things in the NFL. You're not going to do X, you're not going to do Y, you're not going to do Z. You're going to come with me and follow along. And I do think Jalen Carter's been getting kind of a tough time. I mean, he's been treated kind of, I don't know, he's getting kind of tonsled where it's like he didn't do anything that bad. He made, he made poor decisions. Like it's his poor exercise and decision. And I think, I think if from the Bears' perspective, they would have really liked had they shown up to Athens at his pro day and it had gone really well, right? I think the ideal scenario was they traded down to nine. He drops a little bit because of the poor decision-making, but at his pro day, he's really impressive. He interviews well, but when he comes out, he's nine pounds heavier. He can't finish, a, he can't finish his, his position drills. Then it's like, okay, can you really mess around with the number nine pick? And the talent on paper is exactly what they need but I don't think it's a gamble they can make because if it turns out that their evaluation of the person is wrong, then you've really burned a top 10 pick and you can't be, you don't want to be picking in the top 10 forever, right? They need to nail the pick. So I think if it comes down to Jalen Carter and Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright, it's close enough where I just take the guy who doesn't have the red flags, but I can, I can very well see the bears saying the talent's too great. We're going to bet on Jalen Carter. And because they believe in, they believe in themselves, right? They believe that Maddie Refluis and Ryan Poles can put their arms around them and say, Hey, you're going to be fine. I think that's where I struggle too, is I'm less concerned about the whole, the accident and the, yeah. you know, just that situation. It, he, it, didn't, look, he didn't kill anyone. It's just poor decision-making, poor decision-making. Yeah. You're in a tough spot. But it's it's the pro day that really upsets Correct. me because this Correct. is this is geared towards you. This is for you to shine, you know, more than anywhere mm-hmm. else. And yep. you can't finish drills. You're overweight, and maybe this could be something where it's like a hey, this is your wake up moment because mm-hmm. you are very close to. Uh, I guess I don't want to say like, you know, falling completely off draft boards, but yeah. this is his make or break moment in the draft. So um, it, it is interesting. I, I think I I'm with you. The talent mm-hmm. is there, but it's like, can you take a risk at, with your first first round pick in yeah. a very dire off season when you're trying mm-hmm. to take that next step from, okay, we need to be a competitive team moving forward. So um, and, I mean, from the bear standpoint, I do think, them being so hits focused, so love of the game. So mm-hmm. we're going to sprint to every drill and we're going gas pedal down all the way. Are you really going to take a kid who the big questions are, does he love football? Does he want to go hundred percent all the time? And you're going to bring him in as the next building block and be like, Hey guys, we're preaching all this stuff, but we took this guy. So someone needs to get him on board. I, I have a tough time. I have a tough time kind of squaring all that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so we talked a lot about the tackles. We talked about Jalen Carter and actually, uh, our guy, Adam, um, mm-hmm. he, uh, he's kind of leading me my, to my next question. Yeah. Um, is there maybe a surprise pick in the first round? Like it could mm-hmm. be Devin Witherspoon, could be Christian Gonzalez, maybe somebody else. Like who could be one of those surprise picks, uh, that you could see the bears going after? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if they're going to take a corner because the needs on the trenches are just are just so great. And if there's a surprise pick, it's going to come in a trade down. It won't come at nine. Um, maybe they trade down and maybe Darnell Wright's not a surprise anymore, right? He's the surprise pick. So now he's the hot pick. So he's not a surprise. Um, I mean, is it Lucas Van Ness? Maybe. Um, I still really like Nolan Smith. I know he's more of a three, four outside linebacker, but I think any guy with that kind of explosiveness, that kind of leadership. He just screams hits principle. He's probably the best pass rusher on the 2021 Georgia team that won it all. Um, maybe he's in there. Uh, I mean, I, I do love the two corners, but I just, I don't think that's where they go. I mean, maybe if there's a surprise at all, it's Jackson Smith and Jigba in a little bit of a trade down. That's probably where I would go. Cause I know they, I know they really like him. And I think if there's maybe a surprise, cause I, I always talk about like, there are certain markets where you have to think about fit and everything, but you also have to think about how you sell the fan base, right? Like we talked a lot on the Understanding Podcast. Like if you take player X and everyone is like, what the hell? Here it's going to be a bigger deal than it is in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, no offense to Jacksonville, there's like five people covering the team. They took Trayvon Walker and it was like, okay, well, whatever. We'll see how it goes, right? If you pass on Jalen Carter, Paris Johnson, yada, 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 and you take Lucas Van Ness, People are going to question it. And then if he's not good, you're in trouble. Uh, so I think if there's a surprise pick, maybe it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I think we're pretty solid on it's going to be Jalen Carter. Or it's going to be a tackle. Oh, Ryan, now you're muted. Oh, no. <laughs> Old guy. I did it. I show. did it. It's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, so Josh, start let's round. There has been so much conversation about the first round, what the Bears going to do with that that mm-hmm. pick. Yeah, but what are they going to do in the second round? What what are you what are you looking at there? Yeah, no, I think a guy they they really like. They just sent two scouts up to Wisconsin. They love center Joe Tipman. He is, um, and I I think I, I think that fifty three maybe that's high for a center, but we're talking about a guy who's six six, he's three thirteen. He's incredibly athletic. He can he can really get out and pull, which is what they're looking for. He has guard versatility. Um, I think that's somewhere they'll look like. I do think what they do on day two is definitely going to be dictated by what happens at nine or later, because if they go, let's say they go offensive tackle at nine, they got to go D line with two of those three picks, I think, because the D line rotation right now is, is a little hairy. Um, I really like Keanu Benton, another Wisconsin guy. I would have start the Wisconsin to Chicago pipeline. It's a quick drive. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a, probably a good idea. Um, let's see. I really like Zach Pickens. He's a three technique out of South Carolina. Um, and then I, I do think there's, there's room for them to go receiver on day two with maybe a guy like Cedric Tillman at Tennessee, who's one of the bigger receivers in the class. Um, cause I do think that getting DJ Moore obviously allows them to be okay. Letting chase Claypool walk in the off season if, if things don't work out. And then if you draft a bigger receiver, you can slide that in easily and, and it's kind of no worse to wear. So Josh, you hit a little bit on my next question. Um, you know, we talked about the skill position players and with yep. a, a DJ Moore in the fold. Now you get a healthy Darnell Mooney, um, yep. Cole Komet and a, maybe a motivated Claypool who's on a contract year. Yep. That room or that skill position group looks a lot better. You mentioned Tillman as a guy. Um, are there other skill position guys you're looking at later? Yep. And, and kind of as a piggyback off to that, where do you think Ryan Poles is philosophically on drafting a running back? Do you think that is something that could be in the cards or is he more of a, we can find somebody like that maybe as an undrafted free agent uh, and plug him in kind of guy. Yeah, I think uh, we'll start with the first part. I think uh, a guy like Tyler Scott, wide receiver Cincinnati, the bears, uh, the bears have formally interviewed. They've met with him. Uh, they really like him. Uh, they had Dontavion Wixon for a top 30 visit. Uh, really, really toolsy guy has an issue with drops, but the bears, if you look at the Bears' top 30 visits outside of the round one, guys, it's very much like traits, 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 and we can figure out the rest. So he's probably a guy to look at. As far as the running backs go, I could see Ryan Poles taking a back in probably round five or later. Um, they do need – they're going to need someone, um, I think, at least planning for the future behind Khalil Herbert. I don't think Deontay Foreman is obviously the long-term fit. I think it was a great signing – um, but there's a ton of, you know, quick one cut explosive backs, uh, to be had in round five, six, seven, even undrafted guys. I'm sure they'll bring in a couple, um, to probably, you know, push Treston Ebner and maybe, you know, unfortunately maybe, maybe pop his roster bubble a little bit later on, uh, if improvements aren't made. Uh, but I, I do think that they will definitely look to add a back. Um, and I do think probably later on day three, there's a, there's enough, speedy quick twitchy guys that they that they could probably get but i do think and i think you guys know this on day three it's going to be a lot of developmental offensive linemen that's just what the bears are going to do right they're going to find these guys who are long maybe a little skinny need some weight but are are fast and and athletic and they're going to look to develop them when it's all said and done dust is settled if, if you look at the draft what would it be like you filled in the blank the, the bears draft would be a success if What's that look like for you? I think, uh, man, a success. Definitely, you got to get a tackle. Tackle high, either one of your first two or three picks. Uh, I'd like to see two edge rushers, um, one high, one on day day three probably. And then you got to fill the three tech in in some manner. Um, like I said, maybe that's maybe that's just a Zach Pickens in round three or round four. Maybe it's a Keanu Benson. It doesn't have to be Jalen Carter. Uh, it's obviously not going to be Kalaja Kansi, and it's not going to be Adatamiwa Adabare. Um, despite my love for him, he's fast rising and is out of the Bears' range most likely. But I think if they leave the draft with a tackle, an interior offensive lineman like a Joe Titman, and then two edge rushers and someone who can at least give them rotational minutes at the three technique, um, I think it'll be it'll be solid. They definitely need they need to leave with four at least four guys who can give them serious serious good snaps next season because there's still a lot of holes on the roster so i, I think you kind of answered it the the flip side of that coin which is what would mm-hmm. failure look like i'm going to change the question just a little bit here and sure. ask what's the one move that they can't afford to make in the draft in your opinion 
one move they can't afford to make. I just, I just think it's misevaluation. I just, they cannot afford to miss on the evaluation of who they take at nine or whatever, whatever the first round pick is, right. And they're open for business at the trade trade down. Maybe it's to 11 with Tennessee. Maybe it's, you know, 16 with the commanders. Is it all the way down to 19 with the bucks? That's pretty far drop. And I think you start playing with, we had the number one overall pick and we got all this stuff, but now we're picking at 19. And there's not really a blue player and they need a blue player, right? They need an elite talent. There's not really many blue chip guys other than DJ Moore and Justin Fields, maybe a 0.5 trending this way if the passing improves. So I just think they fail if whatever they do in the first round is wrong, right? If it's misevaluation or if it's like, hey, we traded down so far and now we're, we got a guy who's good but not great, then it's like, okay, you, I love the picks. I get it. You're getting draft capital. You got future picks. But now you're starting to sound like the Celtics in 2015 where it's like, look at all the picks we have. Do you want to turn for Kawhi Leonard? No, no, we don't want Kawhi Leonard. This pick could be really good, and then it's nothing. Oh, or you get Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's I a mean, different. That's a different pick. Ah, dang it, that's a different pick. <laughs> I want to ask a follow up on that, Josh. Do you yep. think in in any way them getting that future uh, first round pick ne- in next year's draft mm-hmm. is a hedge on Justin Fields? Where, where yep. do you stand yep. on that? A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I yeah. talked before they made the trade. I talked to. I was talking to a scout at the combine, and he said the Bears were in such a good position because if they can get that extra one. The quarterback class next year, Caleb Williams, Drake May, there's going to be someone else, you know, someone's going to rise, right? J.J. McCarthy, whoever's going to have a really starling year, and it's going to be like, oh, this guy's the next sick guy. They're going to have enough ammo with two top whatever, even if the Panthers are good, two top 19 picks, one probably in the top 10, to package that with a future asset to go up and get the guy that they want, unless the team that gets the number one and number two pick needs a quarterback, right? That's kind of the gamble you make, but it's definitely it's definitely a hedge. I think Ryan Poles – Likes Justin, was impressed with how he handled everything, but there are still so many questions about the passing that he has to have a hedge because you can't put all your eggs in that basket, and then he fails, and you're like, wow, this rebuild's kind of – now we're sputtering, right? Jack, go for it. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not muted, so it's even better. We, we, we forget to tell people that when we're waving, it's it's yeah. for us. It's it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we do the same thing in the studio. It's like, yeah. I was. Uh, I think it was Jeff Manns, an elite sport on SiriusXM, was talking about um, GM hit rate. Just going back to the success and failure, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what their criteria was, but I was surprised they said that that Bill Belichick had like a. Th- overall like a 33 percent hit rate but that recently he's had like a in a lower 20th percentile hit rate mm-hmm. yeah it just really made me think a lot about you know the reality mm-hmm. of the draft and the relative successes and or failures mm-hmm. i mean i don't know like do, 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 does fantasy sports just have us like the, the, the common fan yeah. completely warped on on what it looks like to draft successfully yeah, no, I think so. I think fantasy football probably makes it seem like it's so much easier, right? Like there's just a sheet of like, oh, right. look at these points that, okay, yeah, we'll take that guy, right? And I saw, um, I don't remember what draft it was. It was like 2017 or 2018. They they showed like the top 10 players from that draft and all 10 of them had gone in like round three or lower, right? The first wow. and second round were complete bombs. So it's like, wow. when we talk about misevaluation, I think at nine, if the Bears, maybe they draft someone who's not, he doesn't become an all pro, but he's really, really good. That's still a win, right? Because the hit rate, the miss rate is is still high. And you want to avoid you want to avoid missing. Obviously, you want to get the star. And that's why Jalen Carter is so intriguing because he has he does have star written all over him, but you also want to make sure you get a guy who gives you, you know, we talk about a lot. Mario Williams went number one overall, and no one's gonna think Mario Williams is awesome, but he had like eleven straight seasons of ten plus sacks. And that's really mm-hmm. freaking good. Yeah. So, Josh, uh, I've got another question for you, but we have one coming in from one of our listeners. Uh, good guy, Berlissimo. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's asking this question. Do you expect them to be over or under 500? And I, I want to yeah. preface it this way first, if you're okay sure. with it. Yeah. Let's say the Bears hit. Let's say they okay. have a really good draft. Mm-hmm. Where do you see them going? If they hit on what, – what, what does hit mean? Like, okay, let's say, let's let's say, say, let's they, say they, they can get a three technique. They can okay. get a pass rusher, and they can okay. get a, a really good offensive lineman. Okay. Uh, I think – and I, I've said this before. I still think the ceiling for the 2023 Bears, if everything breaks right, injury luck, draft evaluation, everything is is probably seven or eight wins. So I'm 
I think I'm going to go with like that six and 11, seven and 10 range trending up. Um, the schedule once again, breaks really easily. Uh, obviously they have a last place schedule. You're going to get the Cardinals part without Kyler Murray. Uh, you're going to get the commanders with Sam house. So you're going to be a lot of winnable games. I mean, Dave Bakhtiari is out here saying the Packers are probably going to suck. So there's that, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> I, like my, my guy, you're on the team, but sure. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so there's going to be winnable games, right? It, it all comes down to Justin. It really does. Even if, even if they, they hit on all these things and, the defensive line rotation in September, you're like, oh, that's that's not terrible. And the <laughs> offensive line is, is fine. It's is Justin going to give you 175 passing yards and 70 rushing yards a game, or is he going to have those games like against the Lions where he's throwing for 73 yards? And it's like he can't really he can't really win a lot of games that way. So I'm going to stick with six and eleven right now, but we'll see how the draft goes. Sorry. Hey, no, no worries. No worries whatsoever. Okay. So I think I, I, Brendan wrote this question and I think I, I know what he's trying to say. Your, your favorite and least favorite thing about the build up to the draft, essentially how many mock drafts do you look at every single day and do you make in your head? Uh, uh, so I, I mean, in fairness, I love, I love the draft. I think the draft is awesome. I think my, my least favorite thing is how long the pre-draft process is because we get to where we are now and people are just, they're just saying things, right? Teams are 100%. talking themselves into and out of things. And it's like, oh, well, you know, someone, I, some analyst the other day was like, Broderick Jones might be a guard. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Broderick Jones is not going to be a guard. Um, so I think my least favorite part is, is just the length. Uh, but my favorite part, I, I, I love college football. So it's, it's awesome to go to the combine and, and kind of think about where all these guys that you've watched for three or four years are going to fit in the NFL and you mean, we'll have those guys where you're like, you know, draft experts are like, Oh, that guy's a six round pick. And you're like, that guy's a hell of a player. I don't know what you're talking about. So um, I, I love the discourse, but yeah, the length is it's killing me. Um, I look, I don't look at a lot of mock drafts. I do. I mean, I do one every like two, two and a half weeks. Um, but I always get alerted to, you know, Oh, there's a new, mo- Oh, here's another, here's another one. You would think the bears can take this person. Like, yeah, the bears can take like 12 people. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I mock Darnell, right. Everyone mocks Darnell, right. It's like, Oh, you think they can take Darnell, right. I'm like, yeah, I think they can take Darnell, right. <laughs> See, I, I'm not even getting at like the mock draft thing. Cause I, I like doing them. I, sure. I'm kind of in the same uh, boat as you. I'd probably do a mock draft once every couple of weeks or something, mm-hmm. but yeah. it is just the constant discourse. It feels like draft season becomes, Yes. Just way longer, more and more. I mean, our guy, like I love Jacob Infante. He's fantastic with Windy mm-hmm. Super and Iron. That man yeah. has a sickness because he's already <laughs> putting out 2024 mock drafts. Yeah. But it's just like it's it, yeah, the, the discourse surrounding could the Bears do this? Could the Bears take Anthony Richardson and trade Justin right. Fields? Yeah. Right. Like it's you run out of things to talk about. And at right. some point, every person that's available to be drafted has been mocked to the bears at some point. Right. It's exactly. Yeah. All all the corners, all the tackles, all the, all the defensive linemen. Oh, what if they trade back up? They're not going to trade back up everyone. Okay. Let's 10 days. Everyone take a breath. We'll all get through this. I promise. Awesome. Well, go ahead. So uh, Josh, I just wanted to throw out a bold prediction, a nugget Mm -hmm. that, that hasn't been shared. Just something that maybe bears fans should be looking for. Just something else to, to, to leave us here. Old prediction. Um, they're, I mean, they're, I mean, I'm not going to guarantee it. I do feel like they're definitely going to trade down from nine. I don't think they, they're the team making that pick at nine. Um, I think the Chase Claypool trade has made them need more day two draft capital. So if it's a trade down, I think the Titans, if the Titans don't make that trade with the Cardinals, I think the Titans are live for a 9-11 swap, maybe get a third round pick back. Um, and I, like I said, I talked about this earlier, I think Joe Tittman, I'm um, hearing a lot of a lot of Joe Tipman to the Bears buzz, so I think that's I think that's real, and I think come pick 53, if Joe Tipman's still on the board, um, he's he might be a Bear. Ah, it makes me so excited. <laughs> I just I don't know I don't know what it is. I love his the size, the movement, yeah. the sure. versatility. I just. I started watching him and then I started to do like a little more homework on him and actually mm-hmm. look at the measurables and his, his athleticism. And I'm like, God, this guy, I feel like he'd be such a stud. So yeah. I love hearing that. Right. 
Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, thank you so much. It's it's been such a pleasure to talk with you. Um, I've really enjoyed you being on the beat and getting your thoughts, your articles. I think you've been just a welcome addition uh, to the Bears beat. And hopefully you're here for many more years. And I hope that your luck with just your other teams that you've covered, mm-hmm. like finally yes. comes to the Bears. Yes, please. Please. You right. might be yes. a good luck charm. <laughs> Right. We can only hope. Uh, thanks for having me on your show, guys. Uh, uh, you know, anytime you want me back, just, uh, you know, shoot me a message and we'll make it happen. Sounds good. Appreciate hey, it. Thanks, Josh. Pleasure. Thanks, thanks Josh. Bye. Dude, awesome guests. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to scare him away, but if they do take Tipman, are we getting just the tip shirts made? For the pod, there it is. There it is. I, I, there I it was going to compliment you. On okay, your but it's, it's spelled T I P P, so it like it okay. would work on a number of levels. <laughs> I, I could just bring back the John Gruden impersonation and just be like, "I'll tell you what, man, Hitman." <laughs> <laughs> is it okay, okay to talk about Gruden again? <laughs> I feel like we've we've covered this endlessly, but I but you know, especially with the last couple of episodes. But Jack, I mean, this this question screams uh, like everything you've been talking about, and very much our conversation last week. I didn't know if you wanted to address it again because I, I I think it's a brilliant question, and I I just I keep hearing people say the talent is there, and I just I haven't seen it with this guy. So I, I know it, 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 it. I don't want to be redundant, but I I wonder too. Like we talked about the off the field things that might be worrisome and his love of football and the way that he, you know, didn't show up, you know, for his workout. But, but I I have yet to have anybody say that they, that they think that his skills will translate into a, a, a immediate impact like Aiden Hutchinson type D lineman. I I don't, I'm only conjecturing that maybe there's the, the idea that his raw talent, size, speed, physical strength can be harnessed and coached into being some sort of a top tier player. But I mean, if, if you, I mean, you should go and look at Bearless most stuff because that's largely where I went to look. Like, give the guy credit; he's done the film, he's looked at it, and he's posted it all. And I am still waiting for somebody to, to to say very directly or show me the film that reveals the extent to which he would be a clear number nine pick. And again, I've admitted I don't watch as much college football as other people do, so I've, I've repeatedly yeah. said I put it out there. Show me, tell me, prove it to me. I'd love to see it. And if he is the pick, let's make it. But I, I just have so many reservations. Yeah. I I, that's go ahead, Shells. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say that's one of the few picks I like that I might actually be angry for. I, I just I don't see it. It's I I get that he's got talent, but in the big games, it it didn't show up. Like I I just don't understand it. Yeah, I Jack, you know I completely agree with you and Dangle, I agree with you. I think just to to where I think the people who are arguing in favor of him are going is they think he can make when he flashes that he can somehow when he gets to the NFL do that consistently. That's where I I struggle and that's where I have concerns is when you have a guy whose work ethic is questionable who may not love the game as much as um you know, you need to love the game to to work as hard as you have to to be a professional NFL player that makes me nervous like yeah sure when you see his flash plays on film you go wow that's really good that is like NFL star quality but they're so few and far between in my opinion you don't see that consistently and I just don't get the sense that you're going to get to the NFL and that's going to be the wake-up call that guy can't get ready for his pro day like you said Brendan when all the conditions are favorable for him to succeed is it going to happen when he gets paid millions of dollars and he's now in the NFL and they have a locker room that, that isn't a veteran laden locker room that like Josh said, somebody can grab him by the face mask and mask and go, Hey rookie, this is how we do things here. I just, yeah. who's that guy? I don't think you can take that risk with your first, first round pick. If you're Ryan Poles, I, you have to hit on your top 10 pick uh, this year. You can't afford to, to wipe out completely. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I took note of that too. When Josh said that, and I kept thinking, okay, is Justin Jones that guy? I know he was voted eventually as a captain, but this isn't like the, and I know obviously different defense, whatever, but let's just say you put him on a 2018, 2019 defense with guys like Akeem Hicks, with guys like Khalil Mack, that veteran leadership. I think you can then sell it to me more like, okay, you're going to learn how we do things. We're going to take you under our wing. 
you heard guys like Bilal Nichols. I know Bilal Nichols isn't his guy, but he talked a lot about how Akeem Hicks was his big brother in the NFL, really told, showed, showed him the way. This is the way, by the way, Ryan. Um, but, <laughs> but you're right, that, that structure doesn't really – it's not on this team right now. And maybe it could be maybe guys like Justin Jones and other, you know, veterans who have signed and who have been around can ascend as leaders, but we don't see it right now. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I want to throw, I, I do want to throw this question out here to you guys, you know, a lot of conversation about trading down from this pick. What do you guys kind of feel about this one? I I'm a little bit back and forth on it. I, I mean, I see it, I see the value in it, but I also like, I, I Pushing further down the draft does not have me very excited. For this one, let's go Jack, Shells, Brendan, and I'll finish it up. And I might need uh, Brendan's support just a little bit, but from what I've been listening to, my understanding is that the Bears don't have any picks in a sweet spot of the draft. If I remember, was it like 50 through 70? Or I can't remember what that range was, but there's been a lot of discussion about a concern over the talent-laden window where we don't have any picks. And so, you know, I, I, I guess I, I wouldn't necessarily be upset to see him leverage even more, uh, you know, first round picks for, for more picks because it is such a, an arduous project to build this team. I think Josh was right about the potential wins for the year, and that's going to upset some people. But, but it, the work in progress element of it, I, I, would, I guess I would rather see them trade down and get more value then then take Jalen Carter as a for instance like I, I, between the 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 risk reward I, I like the risk of the trade down better personally yeah so I think I'm the, I'm in the same spot Jack I think uh, you know Jalen Carter would be a disappointing pick for me so you take him out of the equation without knowing how the draft board's gonna break. Uh, I think for me, I love the idea of trading down as long as you can still come away with a day one starter at tackle. If you can do that, if you're confident you can get one of your your guys that you're targeting at the tackle position while still trading dra- trading down, I think you do it all day. My fear is if you go too far down and maybe there's only one tackle that you're targeting on the board still, um, which I, I don't think is likely at nine, but if you're going too far back, like I think nine to 11 would be a, a great sweet spot, like Josh pointed out. But if you got to move down maybe six, seven picks, um, the risk you run is that your starting offensive tackles are going to be off the board. And I, I don't think they can afford to do that. And Jigba is maybe the only guy that I would like feel better about if they were able to get him. But I, I, as much as I love him, I I want to tackle. I want somebody to keep Justin Fields upright. I don't think there's any more important need in this draft than offensive linemen by far. I mean, for me, it's it's not even close. But I I would love I would not be mad at, at Njigby because I just I think the kid's going to be awesome. That's one of those things where you obviously you stockpile at, you stockpile a talent even if it's a position that. Maybe it still could still be a position of need, but it's not as much of a position of need as it once was. So you guys mentioned like the, you know, moving down to 11 with the Titans, you know, let's say that's available or the Houston Texans at 12. And I'm just looking at the draft order. If you could somehow pry that, let's say with the Titans, the number 41 pick with that, it, I think that'd be really hard to just move down two spots, but maybe with the Texans, um, again, I'm just fantasy GM here, even at 33 with the Texans, that would be huge. The talent gap, the Jackie mentioned it, the, the void of picks is basically from that 32nd spot all the way to 53. That's where the bears pick. And many people say, and I think it's true. There's first round talent that doesn't get picked in the first round, especially this year, there's only 31 picks. So there's definitely first round talent that's going to be available in those, uh, that 30 to 42, 43 range. So I would say if, if there's three tackles still available, you can move down to the teens. Um, even doing some mock drafts, there's stuff like, Hey, you can move down with Detroit at 18. That could be an option or something. And maybe somebody like Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright is available. And then you pick up one of those picks in the thirties or forties. That would be ideal because you're right. You need to fill in some of that talent gap and you're still potentially getting a blue chip prospect and filling a need. 
So it, it's all the, it all depends on how the draft shakes out. Who who the heck knows what teams are going to need what, which players are going to pick get picked when. But um, I would definitely be in favor of that still. I just have such a hard time with this one because I just can't remember a time when they've been in this position where they've been this bad. It's been a long time, right? Like we're going back to what, like 2002, 2003 when they've been this, I mean, they've been bad, but, but I can't remember them being this atrociously bad and there's just so many needs, but, but as you push further and further down the draft, I mean, everybody understands that, right? That, that there isn't as much, but, but then you're stockpiling picks and it's more, more swings, right? Like more, more uh, opportunities at bat, so to speak, you know, uh, to, to, to maybe hit them somewhere in, in that second, third, fourth round, you know, where, where, you know, traditionally has been a sweet spot for the bears, but that's not Ryan Poles, right? So I, I'm just, I'm really torn on this. I, I really don't know what they're going to do. And, um, you know, I guess that's, that's part of the whole fun of the draft, right? It's, it's, it's all a crapshoot. What's, uh, I'm just curious. 2016 was, you can argue one of Pace's best drafts. I think it's that or the 2020 draft at this point, 2016, it's so many more picks. Think about it. And guys are still playing in the NFL from that draft. That's, you know, six, seven years ago at this point. Cody Whitehair, DeAndre Houston Carson, Deion Bush. I mean, Leonard Floyd's been productive, even if it wasn't for the Bears. You had more swings. The draft is an inexact science, and people yeah. miss all the time. And GMs get evaluations wrong. Guys show up out of nowhere. Guys are fits, better fits elsewhere, and vice versa. So just the more chances you get, I feel like that's definitely going to help you. Now, I don't want to get like seven seventh-round picks and then just do nothing before that, obviously, but – if you could still get some of those picks, keep a first round pick, get another second, potentially a third. I mean, it's huge. Well, it's funny that you say that. I don't remember where I was looking. I think it was somewhere on Instagram and I was just looking at the last five years, the top 10 picks. And you're like, that guy was supposed to be a slam dunk. That guy was supposed to be a slam dunk. And it's just like, miss, 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 miss. It, it's a crapshoot, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. that's part of the fun of it. Having said all that, I wonder if there's an extent to which maybe we are still in the aftermath of the Ryan Pace giveaway picks for Bubkiss era, and there needs to be a time at which we pick somewhere in the first round and land a player who is an Aiden Hutchinson or some other type of impact player that that can alter the trajectory of your franchise. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we probably did that with Fields, and 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 it's still out. The jury's still out, but but right, we're gonna we're gonna just need to at some point. Well, I'm just trying to maybe playing a little bit of a devil's advocate where I do believe in stockpiling picks because we haven't done it well at all, and so there needs to be that element. But I to balance that with with a hit that yeah. is one of those guys we're buying the jerseys and he's whatever it is making picks and sacks or scoring touchdowns, and we're like mind blown because. He's in the first round. He's ours, and he's that good. I think so. Adam Ishikawa, sorry about that. Uh, I agree that O uh, offensive tackle is a concern, but if we also have to look at our board, there's a blue chip out there that is passed up for positional need at a lower ranking. We'd be doing a disservice. Yeah, I, I Adam, I, I think we all totally agree with that. You, you, you got to get a guy, but we, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, you can you can look at all the the immeasurables. You can look at all that stuff, but you you don't ever know. Boys, anything else that we want to chat about before we get out of here? Oh, it's been a slow. It's been a slow NFL week, and it's just like the it's a, it's the the era of deception, right? I think Josh alluded to it. I mean, everyone's lying and posturing and leveraging and you know so what do you take away from that i mean it's not real until it's real wait i gotta share this i gotta share this please hold on because barely simone dude i'm telling you when i said i I tweeted out last night i'm like i'm a a few drinks in and i'm gonna gonna go ham on my mock draft generator don't go blind kids don't play with your mock (laughs) mock draft generator too much but i noticed that too i'm like and i use the pfn one you can get players and offer players in trades 
So like, you know, trades are popping up like, oh, the Colts are offering you their second round pick and DeForest Buckner to move back. And I'm like, what the hell? It's it's pretty it's fun. You don't need to share every single mock draft, but it is kind of fun to just see like the the stupid stuff that comes out of it. It's it's pretty, pretty entertaining. So I didn't realize that was I guess I didn't realize that was new. Barely Samo. Maybe I thought, you know, I just hadn't been using it enough. But It always uh, it was fun to see picks right for other picks but i don't think you could specifically trade players i and i'm pretty new to it but at least last year when i was messing around with it it seemed like you you couldn't specifically trade players which is kind of cool yeah it's a fun wrinkle i've never done a mock draft it's kind of fun right it's worth it to do one like the generators are like the tech is pretty freaking good and and i guess like just for me at least like when i did that marathon show with the guys over at IBS at least gave me a sense of like who, who was on the board where potentially. And um, I, I, I think I used it as homework basically, you it, know? Yeah. And they do have scouting reports that you can right. just kind of brush up on if you don't know a guy in particular. Um, it is interesting. Cause I think even yesterday PFN was still having CJ Stroud as the top pick for the Panthers. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, you wonder how quickly they're, they're kind of catching up their systems, but I mean, Ryan, we could, we could do it right now. No one has to know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jack, why don't you talk about next week? And then Brendan, I want you to talk about the weekend of the draft. Our guest that's coming up. This has been pretty fun stuff, boys. Yeah, we've had just about everybody from Waddle and Sylveon, which is fantastic because that's a really great afternoon show in Chicago. And so Tyler Aki is going to join us uh, next week and he does a great job. He'll fill in uh, some evenings and do solo radio. I don't know if you guys ever think about it. Anytime I, I've got somebody on solo, I think, how do you do that? Brendan, that? Brendan used to do that with his podcast. Yes. I, there's no way I have to have somebody else to talk to. I couldn't do it. I would really struggle with that. So, and he, yeah, he holds down both shows. He's a really intelligent guy. I got to meet him uh, when I met um, Waddle and Sylvie at one of their, um, you know, one of their shows at, I think it was at Twin Peaks or something like that. And uh, it was freezing cold. And I'm like, are you Tyler Aki? And he's like, yes. And he just young, vibrant, real sharp kid. Excited to have him on next week. Very cool. Yeah. I really like Tyler. I got to meet him too. Um, and I've been following him ever since he, he joined Waddle and Sil- or really joined ESPN 1000. He's, he was kind of like a fill-in producer, but finally got called up to the to the big leagues, I think, what, like a year ago or so? So that's that should be a lot of fun. And he's he's had the chance to kind of grow up in the city and as a Chicago sports fan and now, you know, working for a sports media company. That'll be cool. Um, and then, yeah, for the draft, after on – after the whole thing, the dust is settled on Sunday. We'll be back with Jacob Infante. Hopefully Jack is has a voice if he's going to do another marathon Irish Bear show like he did last year. I still think that's insane, but you know. <laughs> um and, and I'm like honestly, like credit to those guys. They do great work. And to just be on for all freaking day is just an achievement in itself. But uh yeah, I'm really excited to talk with Jacob. We had him on last year. We'll dissect what the Bears did, what the Bears didn't do. Um, he, he does tremendous work for Windy City Gridiron as their lead draft analyst. So it should be a good time. Uh, so Jack's going to be on the Irish Bear Show. I'm going to be on the Roar of the Lions. Uh, the, those UK guys, man, they, they, they know what they're doing. They're having marathon draft shows. So I'm going to hop on that yeah. one. I'm very, very excited about that. That should be a really good time. Um, all right, boys. I think it is time to get to shout outs. So for shout outs this week, let's go Brendan, Jack, Patrick Sheldon, and I will finish it up. Shoutouts, boys. I got two. Um, one is a heartwarming story because for a long time, this gentleman and I were at odds for just the dumbest things. Um, his name is V. It is V underscore Y me. And the, V just did not like me for a long time. And we were just going back and forth recently in the last couple of weeks. And he's like, you know what? You're really respectful and you're, you're knowledgeable. And I really appreciate the back and forth. I'm like, where, where did this come from? I'm like, V you've stolen my heart. We're, we're good now. And he's like, you know, he was, he was uh, bumping me up and saying, Hey, follow, follow Brendan. He's a good dude. Good follow. So uh, shout out to V I'm very glad that 
whatever the hatchet was that we could bury it and we're we're good moving forward so um very nice to see uh just again heartwarming story for me and then uh shout out to uh kirsten tannis um she's uh she's a big bears fan and cubs fan uh been following me for a bit and uh, i finally was you know i've been uh interacting with her quite a bit now that cup season is underway uh so i just really appreciate her support and appreciate just the the back and forth about both bears and cubs because uh, the cubs are doing good guys we've we've only lost one series all year um i i don't know about the socks doesn't seem as good so uh it's been it's been it's been a good start to the spring i'm i'm happy well you got something to say jack I, I don't have much to say about my <laughs> poverty franchise that is the Chicago. <laughs> it was all Tony LaRusso's fault, though, right? It was a big part of it, without a doubt. <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I, I'm not. I'm angry about the White Sox, to be frank. So yeah, go Cubs. Yeah, whatever. Hell yeah, Adam. <laughs> I did get walked off on Jackie Robinson Day though? That was rough. Oh, ouch. I'll talk about I'm your walking. game today, bud. Uh, no, the Dodgers walked off the the Chubbies, I believe. Uh, yeah, they did, and then they won yeah. today. It's yeah, yeah, we we had that game, and then just I think it was like what two outs in the ninth, and yeah, yeah, two runs. Not everybody around. can not everybody can pay for their entire baseball team to be elite. You know, only certain. No, market. but you can spend some money. Yeah, but it's only certain market teams. Patrick Sheldon, New York Yankees can do that. Not all the teams can do that. Ryan's real into the baseball talk, so okay. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jack, do you, do you have a shout out? Oh, I'm sorry, it's me. I apologize. It's okay. That's all right. I'm off my game tonight, guys. Uh, yes. Well, we would be remiss if we did not shout out Bearlissimo, and he is a really good follow. He yep. his um, you can find his breakdown tapes. You can also find him on YouTube as well. Uh, and he does really do a, a phenomenal job of specifically breaking down players. If uh, you're into that, similar to like what we did with uh, Mike Fitzgerald when he came on, and we had a lot of uh, listeners and watchers that I think enjoyed the specifics and uh, the talk of technique and uh, scheme. And so if you're looking uh, for something like that, definitely go to, uh, to Bearlissimo because I think that would, uh, you, you would benefit from that. It does a great job. Before you move on, I just want to give a separate shout out to him. I know he's been going through a lot with his son, you know, a lot of personal things. So uh, Bearlissimo, I just hope you're doing well, dude. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being on with us tonight. Yeah, I was going to say it's really good to see him on, yeah, uh, on the chat. That's uh, that's excellent, um, and uh, and that's it. That's it for me. As one of uh, only two people on the pod that weren't accidentally on mute tonight, um, I'll I'll <laughs> deliver my shout outs. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I likewise, Jack, want to thank uh, a loyal supporter of the pod, um, Adam Ishikawa. Uh, I think you've been in every single one of our episodes on on YouTube. So thank you so much for your support. Uh, to you and to a lot of our new followers as well out there on Twitter. Thank you. Um, you guys don't know how much this support means to us. And, uh, you know, please leave us some feedback. Let us know how you're liking the show. That is that is always very helpful for us. Um, we love talking about bears, but we also want to make sure that, that you're engaged and getting a good experience out of this too. So leave us some feedback. Uh, since we're shouting out our hometown teams, um, shout out to the Yankees for winning today and yesterday. And the Knicks taking game one of the series against the Cavs. Uh, I'm not sure how the Bulls did, but uh, uh, shout out to the Knicks for taking game one. Um, and then I got two other shout outs here. Uh, I'm going to shout out a, a Green Bay Packer. Um, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to shout out Brian Balaga. He's at oh, okay. Balaga for absolutely owning that fraud, Peter Bukowski. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this, but... Um, you know, sometimes the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and uh, that is the case here. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go check it out. Peter creamed his jeans over a uh, preseason throw <laughs> by Jordan Love, and uh, Brian Belaga called him out on it and kind of brought him back down to earth. So that was really good to see. Family-ish. And, and uh, Brian Belaga from Crystal Lake, he, Illinois, by the way. <laughs> A lot of cream cheese in in uh, Wisconsin. I, I was talking about cream cheese. Dangle, what do you? Gosh, I don't know why you, your guys' heads go to like the worst place whenever I make a comment. This is really weird. Um, 
But on a serious note, I want to give a really cool shout out to a, a Chicago White Sox, Jack, uh, Jake Berger, who I actually had the pleasure of interviewing after he was drafted by the White Sox and could not be like a nicer guy. He's unbelievable. He's awesome. He took time out of his trip to Montana. He was, I think he was driving back home to Montana and called me from the road for the interview. Cool. Just so nice and accommodating. It was a pleasure to talk to. Um, and one of my favorite uh, non-Yankees of all time, uh, but had a really cool moment. His son Brooks was at the game with his wife. It was his very first game, uh, and and uh, Jake hit a home run, which I can't think of a cooler moment as a baseball dad than hitting a home run at your child's first game that they, wow. they attend. So I uh, know that was a cool moment for him and his wife. Uh, so I just wanted to shout him out and, uh, and let him know uh, he's a great dude. And I hope um, nothing but success for him in his career. He deserves it all. So uh, congratulations. That must've been a, a really special moment. So a uh, couple shout outs going to go out to, so Todd Welter, thanks for asking this question <laughs> and setting me up. Um, so people are always wondering what this hat is. This is my uh, Australian football team, uh, the Port Adelaide power. They had, it's just the last two wins uh, for their season have just been absolutely phenomenal. So a uh, shout out to all my uh, followers on Twitter that follow me for my Port Adelaide football club stuff. Cause it's, it's awesome. But to, uh, to the coolest Australian I know, a bear down under Ozzy, um, the Bear Facts podcast, uh, just phenomenal stuff. It was really, really cool to hear an English Bears fan and an Australian Bears fan talking about William Refrigerator Perry and some things that I just didn't know. Uh, you know, we, we've all heard about the fridge and his importance for the 85 Bears, but it was a really, really cool podcast. It's episode two. You should absolutely check it out. And to Ozzy, just a huge, huge fan of you, dude, and uh, you're a good, good friend, and I'm just very lucky to call you that. So, thank you. For and he had a birthday you... recently. Yes, he did. Right, he turned, yeah. Happy turned birthday. 41. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, folks, just want to say thank you. We're, we're just, we, we, we don't know how else to say it. There are so many places where you can get good Bears content, and you've chosen to hang out with us, and that means more than any of us can say. And we're coming up on one year, one year doing this podcast together with these, these guys. I know Logan Bradley would love to be here, but to Brendan, to Jack, to Patrick Sheldon, I, it's, this, is, this has become more than just a, a podcast. This is something that I genuinely look forward to, hanging out with my friends uh every sunday night or every sunday night when we record uh and uh i just you know if you would have told me a little over a year ago that this was going to be a thing I, I i wouldn't have believed you and it just it's just been so awesome to see all these new followers these new wonderful people to talk bears to banter to to argue to just kind of have fun so damn we're thankful for you guys so so thank you so much if you my, like my love is not blind for you and we the rest. Come full circle, what a callback! Thank you, thank you, Love thank it. you. Wow, and it's not canceled or paused or offline. It's always, it's there. <laughs> Except when we talk about Jay Cutler, right? Except that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, so if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe, hit like, um, tell a friend, whatever you possibly can, folks. Uh, our audio only listeners, please, our our likes. Our and our reviews are not um, not as many as we were kind of hoping for. So anything you can do to help us out would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, so for all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, we want to say thank you so very much for hanging out with us. And as always, folks, Bear Down Chicago. <laughs> <laughs>